even though Jesus was sinless, mm-hmm. in his genealogy, he came from humanity, a long line of sinners, and he came to save sinners. Yeah. And Matthew's going, this gospel, this good news of great joy for all people that I'm writing is for sinners. Yeah. And so all of you who don't feel good enough, all of you who don't feel worthy, um, go with that. That's true. And he's for you. This gospel is for you. I, I love it. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today is actually our season finale of the podcast. There will be a new one coming out in January. But as we wrap up 2021, sitting here with Chad, and we're going to be talking about Christmas. We're going to be talking about this passage in Isaiah where there's this prophecy of this great light. Uh, that's coming, that God has promised. It's really a a prophecy that begins in Genesis. You see it all throughout the Old Testament, and it's fulfilled in the person of Jesus, which is what we celebrate every every Christmas. Chad, as we've been unpacking this series over the last several weeks, what what have been some of kind of your aha moments, or as you've been even praying about, thinking about this passage that that God's spoken to you? Yeah, I'm going to share some of it um, in our Christmas Eve service, so I I don't want to share everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in fact, uh, come to come to church on Christmas Eve and invite somebody. Just about anybody will come to church on on Christmas Eve. My uh, mother in law, who is Scottish, Scottish was uh, here from overseas a few years ago, and she's a diehard atheist, like punch and run atheist, like mm-hmm. bitter atheist kind of person. Uh, I'm sure she's so proud that her daughter married a pastor. But anyway, <laughs> um, she came to church on Christmas Eve. Uh, so anybody who come to church on Christmas Eve, so make that invitation. All right. So just out of curiosity, because I've invited people that I didn't think would come to Christmas Eve and they came to Christmas Eve or to different, you know, messages or, or series or whatever. Uh, what was her response at the end of it? Well, I, I saw her when I got home later that night, cause uh-huh. I had a couple more services to go and she's Scottish and, uh, and she said, oh, I love the service. And I said, you did? And she said, oh, you almost converted me. <laughs> and I said, really? And she's like, yeah, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but not quite. And then we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, she liked I, it. It was a good experience for her. I, I actually think it planted some some seeds. Um, I think she was surprised at the intelligence of the Bible mm-hmm. and the gospel and how mm-hmm. it all goes together. So it was good. Um, That's but really yeah, good. I mean, for her, it was a cultural experience, right? It's Christmas Eve. You go mm-hmm. to church. But she loved it. Yeah. I, I invited a family member and they said, you were a little long-winded. Uh, so that was, you had a way better response from your, your atheist family. Well, that's because <laughs> family members uh, tend to tell you the truth. Like, yeah, we were doing the, uh, if memory serves, uh, in Matthew, we were doing the most boring part of the Christmas story, which is the uh, genealogy of Jesus. Uh-huh. But So-and-so beget, so-and-so yeah, yeah, beget. Yeah, but when you start pulling out some of those names, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite fascinating and so I talked about that, of course, in the context of the Bible as a whole, and she had never heard anything like that before. And so she liked it. It was good. All right. Since you brought up genealogy, we're not going to dive into that a ton, but there there is a tendency to, when we look at the history of maybe the Bible, or we even look at Christmas and all that, we kind of sugarcoat things. And and we lose some of the raw grittiness of of the history of 
one Christmas. Like that yeah. was that was a very raw moment in history when you think of Mary and what she was going through and all the chaos around her life and Joseph. And you think about even just the the scene of the birth in a manger, you know, or, or he's held in a manger and all, all of that. And, and you look at the Old Testament and you look at some of these people throughout the Old Testament, there's nothing sugarcoated about it. These are raw, gritty people. Well, we, we tend to think spiritual things are, you know, candles and special moment and whoa. And glowing light from behind with these rays coming out in all directions. And yeah. And, and halos and, uh, and all that. Yeah, there's all these weird images of Jesus, frankly. And well, thanks to 2,000 years of artistry, that's why, that's why we think that way, right? Well, that's... I remember being a, a, like a freshman in high school, you know, playing football and, you know, wanting to be tough and all of that. And looking at these pictures of Jesus going, I don't want to follow <laughs> yeah. that guy. He, could, is... he couldn't even be a wide receiver. Like, that's he's right. A, yeah. Like, you know, he, we would like be locking him in his locker yep. kind of thing. Um yeah, the genealogy of Jesus. Spiritual things are in the stuff of real life. Mm-hmm. I think that's why God chose to be born in a barn. You know, it's messy there. Our lives mm-hmm. are messy. And out of the gate, he's like, I'll, I'll be with you in the mess. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll meet you there. Um, but in the genealogy of Jesus, and, and the way that, that Matthew writes it, and you got to remember, Matthew was uh, Levi, the tax collector. Mm-hmm. So Matthew is this guy who was a known sinner mm-hmm. that Jesus said, follow me. And this known sinner with this reputation uh, starts his gospel off with the genealogy of Jesus. And it's like he's pointing out some things here. Yep. Um, you know, David... And talks about, he doesn't say Bathsheba, he says Uriah's wife, uh-huh. you know? So yeah. he just reminds you of the affair there in the genealogy of Jesus. He mentions Rahab, who was a prostitute mm-hmm. in, the old, in the Old Testament. And it's like he goes out of the way to say that, that Jesus actually came, even though Jesus was sinless. Mm-hmm. In his genealogy, he came from humanity, a long line of sinners, and he came to save sinners. Yeah. And Matthew's going, this gospel, this good news of great joy for all people that I'm writing is for sinners. Yeah. And so all of you who don't feel good enough, all of you who don't feel worthy, um, go with that. That's true. And he's for you. This gospel is for you. Yeah. I, I love it. Just about every stereotype you can come up with or category you can put people into. Jesus came from that and he came for that. Adulterers, yeah. murderers, prostitutes, and a whole list of other things. Yeah. White collar, blue collar, all, all, all oh, the yeah. above, the whole spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's been jumping out at me in Isaiah 9? Mm-hmm. You know, that prophecy begins with the coming of a great light. Mm-hmm. That's what we're calling Christmas Eve, a great light. And the language that Isaiah uses there is it's going to be a dawning of a new day. And then as you read through the prophecy, um, you know, for to us, a child is born, a son is given, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Mm -hmm. If you fast forward to the gospel of John, Uh, John begins his gospel with, I'm going with this new day theme, Mm -hmm. the dawning Mm -hmm. of a new day, a great light. Um, John begins his gospel with, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's mirroring 
Genesis 1-1, which is creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. The first thing that John talks about is light. The first thing that God creates in Genesis 1 is light. And John is is paralleling that. He's, yeah. he's, he's mirroring that. Well, to use the words in the beginning, everybody immediately is going, I've heard this before. Because John wrote his gospel to the Jews. Yeah. So Matthew writes to the sinful Gentiles and John writes writes to the Jews uh, who were more religious, and he's he's pointing back to Genesis 1-1. He begins with light. Genesis 1-1 begins with light. But John's point is, with the arrival of, of Jesus, you have a, a recreation. Uh, first of all, it's the opportunity to be recreated in him, because in him is new life, and this life is the light of men. Like we've we've wandered from how it was originally supposed to be. So, so new creation is offered in and through the person of Jesus. But when you read through that and when you understand the Bible as a whole, John's actually saying with the arrival of Jesus, there's a new creation for mankind if we mm -hmm. so receive it and for the world at large. All things are going to be redeemed. And the same guy in Revelation is going to write about the new heaven and the new earth. Mm -hmm. It's like this super cool dawning of a new day with yeah. the arrival of Jesus that if you blow it up and you go macro on the thing, it's super cool. And I would say, too, if you look at Genesis 1... Uh, and, and you actually look at Genesis 1 and 2, you see there's an invitation. So God creates all of this, right? And God speaks all this into existence. And then he creates mankind and he says, join me. And in John, you have the same picture of, okay, so God's creating this new thing. But it's not just he's creating this new thing. He's saying, now join me. Now, now you're crossing over into my Christmas Eve message that Sorry. I haven't given yet. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave, we'll leave that there. But it's but super that's cool. that's good, Robert. Right, so you go, know, now you know where I'm going with Christmas Eve. We haven't talked about it. So now so now going back to Isaiah, there, there's also this context in which as Isaiah is writing, that northern region of Israel, Galilee, all of that area, uh, intensely persecuted. You have anytime there was a major invasion, which if you look back history of the Old Testament, it happened often. There I, and they they were always on the the receiving end of the initial attack, right? It, and they it, weren't weren't protected, weren't no strongholds or anything. That no big cities. They were just always the rural people yeah. getting beat up first. Yeah, there's. Um, if you've ever thought to yourself, why does the world hate the Jews? Like if you if you look through the history of the Jewish people, um, I mean they're getting their butt kicked like all through history. And then if you're why are Jews so intense now? You know. Uh, about military and all that because of this history, right? Yeah. Um, I remember I saw a movie one time and it was uh, the, the, the time frame was World War II and these Jews had escaped into the woods to escape the Nazis. And there's this prayer where this Jewish man says, God, please pick another people. Mm. Uh, Satan throughout the history of mankind has tried to thwart God's plan and the Jewish people are part of that. So if you're listening and you're not a believer, just think about that for a second. Yeah. How is it that a people could get a land back that was prophesied about hundreds of years earlier and now it's in existence? It's Israel-Palestine and there's a whole lot of challenges there, but they're they're back in that in that place. Yeah, you have promises throughout the Old Testament and God makes these promises that are going to be delivered through the Jewish people, including the Savior. And and so you do have a group surrounding them all throughout history. They're going, hey, what if we could wipe out this nation? What if we could wipe out these people? And I do think there is a spiritual element to that as well. 100%. There's not another people group in the history of mankind like the Jewish people. Well, and there's not a people group. So so we don't go, hey, are you, are you Hittite? 
Are you, you know, is that, we, we don't talk that way, but we know, Hey, are you Jewish? Yeah. I, you know, this is my heritage and all of that. That was maintained for almost 2000 years of not having a land. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen with any other people group in the Pushed history. Pushed all over the planet. That's correct. Yet they still still maintain their identity as a people. Yeah. It's uh, amazing. Yeah. It's almost like the Bible's true. <laughs> and that God said, and yeah, this will this will happen. So But to um, your point in Isaiah nine. So you have in that northern region, so they're always being attacked. And and yet God says, Hey, I got something special for you. And if you look at the the life and ministry of Jesus. 90% of his time he spent in this little three mile triangle in Galilee in kind of this rural area. Uh, as you hear the the story of his life with his disciples and all of that, he's right there in that area that that has been persecuted for forever. When, when you and I were in Israel uh, a few years ago, we're in the Galilee area and they're talking about even recent history where, you know, Syria's launching mortars in, well, they launch them into Galilee because they're close to the border and there's nobody to protect them and no iron dome or whatever. And, uh, and now they're a little better protected, but um, yeah, they, they've constantly been persecuted. And Isaiah has this moment where he's, God reveals to him, Hey, you guys are going to be blessed. There's just going to be this great light dawning in this area, even specifically talking to that people group. Um, but it wasn't just about a region. It wasn't just about circumstances or a country or anything. It was much deeper than that. This great light is a personal great light. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to us a little bit about that, that it's not just about, okay, the light of Jesus changes our society around us or changes our government around us or changes the community. around. It, it begins with changing us on the inside. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's way more personal than just a generic kind of broad, great light. Yeah. And in the, in the original language there, a new light has dawned. So I'll give a little bonus. If you've ever wondered why, I mean, we're Sun Valley Community Church. And then in our logo, we have a rising sun. Some of that is, of course, we're Sun Valley. But in Jesus, it's it's the rising of a new day. Mm -hmm. um, anyone in Christ is a new creation. It's 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 a new day. It's a it's a new start. It's a it's a new thing. Um I think one of the challenges in that prophecy for the Jewish people, because they had this hope of a coming Messiah, mm -hmm. uh, Jewish people are still hoping for a coming Messiah mm -hmm. uh, because uh, many don't believe that that Jesus is the Messiah. And I would say some, and then there's some who go, Jesus is clearly the fulfillment. And so you have, you have both. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So many. Mm -hmm. Um, don't believe that Jesus is Messiah is the Messiah. Some some do, but one of the reasons they had such a hard time receiving him as Messiah is they thought that life change happens from the outside in. Yeah, they were expecting a political leader, uh, mighty God in their language, as that was written, was mighty warrior. Mm -hmm. The God warrior mm -hmm. was coming, um, and they were expecting this warrior to arrive on the scene and to lead the people. So they would no longer experience persecution and basically they would conquer the world, mm -hmm. right, with God on their side. And God had a different plan. The The new day, the new dawn, uh, the light is a spiritual awakening, mm -hmm. not a political one. Yeah, uh, it, It's a change, uh, to your point, not from the outside in, but from the inside, the inside out. And so it's different. It's a different fulfillment of the prophecy than they than they thought it was going to be, mm -hmm. which is why which is why they missed it. Because mm -hmm. um, you have this person that is doing miracles two thousand years ago. Yeah. I mean, right before their eyes, and there's this point in John three where Nicodemus says, "We know you're from God, mm -hmm. right?" But for some reason, they couldn't accept him as Messiah because I think they were expecting uh, somebody that was going to be powerful from a worldly sense. Yeah. When Jesus came to represent. 
a different kingdom, a different way. Um, and, and so many missed it and, and many still do. Yeah. I mean, I have atheist friends going, you know, why doesn't God just like peel back the sky and, and just poke his face in, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would believe. Well, that's not the way God works. Yeah. Right. So. And, and I would say too, for, for those, you know, you can hear that and go, I can't believe they don't see this. And I, you know, why, why are they hoping in the Messiah to come and change all of their circumstances? I think all of us want that from well, God. Of course we do. We're all waiting and hoping for better life circumstances. Oh, we don't want a heavenly father. We want a fairy godfather. Yeah. It's two very different things. And, and so I think, I think for a lot of people, myself included, there's times that I go, my circumstances aren't that great. And so I'm starting to doubt God. Because my circumstance, but that that's not what a great light is about. Uh, God might not change your circumstances. What, what's going on around you might still be difficult. You might still be dealing with sickness. You, If you lost a loved one, you lost a loved one. You're still dealing with that. Um, it doesn't mean that there, there's no hope for you. It doesn't mean that the, that the gospel isn't true for you. It doesn't mean that this great light hasn't dawned. Uh, it has, but it, it's meant to be way deeper than circumstances. Well, when we think, yeah, we need a hero, we picture Superman. Mm-hmm. And God pictures a man on a cross. Mm-hmm. It's just two very different things. And I think even nowadays, those of us who are followers of Jesus, we try to project our plan onto God's and then we get frustrated when our plan's not happening because God has a different plan. Mm-hmm. And yet in his plan, there is life. There is new creation. God is changing the world. He just does it one life at a time. Yeah. And I, and I do think there's a side just like the people were hoping that Jesus would come in and change society and change culture and change all the things around him and circumstances. I believe he does that. I just think he does it differently than we want him to sure. or than we expect him to. I, I really do believe if you look at history, he has changed culture. He has changed circumstances. He has changed things like human rights and value of individuals and, and all of that. But he's done it through transforming individuals first. And then that transforms society and culture as opposed to changing culture and now we all respond to that and go, good, now that we live in utopia, Jesus will follow you. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes our, our circumstances, and it could be you're in a season, your circumstances aren't good, uh, yet this, this light is still for you. And you can still experience this light, even in the midst of tough circumstances. Well, the irony is, even all the ideas that we have about how the world needs to change, the very fact that we have those ideas is because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because 2,000 years ago, people weren't thinking human rights. Mm -hmm. People weren't thinking racial equality. Mm -hmm. Uh, People weren't thinking caring for those who are less fortunate Mm -hmm. than than you. All all those ideas come from Jesus. And if you're like, no, no, that's because people are good. Explain to me how any of that fits within survival of the the fittest Mm -hmm. and Darwinian evolutionism. It it just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the exact opposite of that. So care, compassion, equality, uh, all of that comes from Jesus. Yeah. 2,000 years ago, it was all about conquering. And then it was about bread and circuses. (laughs) That was the value. Bread and circuses? Bread and circuses. Explain that. Uh, so that that's uh, the the Roman Empire. That that was kind of their their secret to to Roman peace was bread and circuses. You keep the people fed, you keep them entertained, everyone's happy, and, yeah. and we we keep our positions of power. Yeah. And so even you have the Colosseum, and you have people my, are still working that plan. Right. I know. I know. It's 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 interesting. I was just watching. Uh, I'm going to confess this as a parent. I just watched with my oldest son. We watched Gladiator this week. That's just good parenting, bro. Yeah. And and so there's the scene where- Wait, now, wait a second. Is he, is your son two or is he- No, he's, he's about to turn 14. It's okay. fine. And, and we, you know, the other siblings kind of walked in and out and they're like, oh, this is too bloody. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, there's even a scene in there where they're flat out just throwing bread to people yeah. and everyone's going nuts. And it's Commodus trying to just get everybody on his side. And he's using the old tactic of the Roman Empire of bread and circuses. And uh, and, and so there's the, the Latin phrase. If you've watched Hunger Games, panem is, is pan meaning bread. It's it's. It's a recreation of, of that Roman Empire. But anyhow. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are yes. you not entertained? And so that that's just the whole idea of that's what people cared about. They weren't thinking, oh, who are the least of these? Yeah. They weren't thinking, oh, this person who's who's hurting, who's marginalized, th- this person's created in the image of God. Uh, this is my brother, my sister. Nobody thought that way. That was transformational by the person of Jesus and his teachings and his example. Well, and here's the beauty of it. Jesus will establish a government. Mm-hmm. But right now he's establishing it in our hearts, mm-hmm. which is the only way that society actually changes. Mm-hmm. Um, laws help. Yep. Because of consequence. They can put up guardrails and yeah, create but, some boundaries that are that are important. But they don't change our hearts. That's right. And, you know, our frustrations with politics and policy is we, we keep wanting them to change people's hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, people would act this way if we had this right policy. Mm-hmm. No, they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, we're putting our hope in the wrong thing. So Jesus comes, establishes this new kingdom, and he works from the inside out. Yeah. 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 New light, new dawn, new day, if we'll receive him. That's so good. Uh, I know we have, depending on when you're listening to this, Christmas Eve might already come and passed. Uh, it, it could be that you're listening to this in like 2022 at some point. Uh, but in the context that we're in right now, um, I, I want to take a moment if, if we would just pray for people to experience that light, uh, whether it's this Christmas, if you're listening to this or watching this at a later time, um, that, that's why we exist is to be ambassadors of this light. And so, uh, Chad, you want to pray for, for us, what's to come and that, that God would use us, those who are listening, maybe to invite somebody, uh, but that we would see God continue to, to dawn this light in the hearts of, of individuals. Yeah. Jesus is good news of great joy for all people because he's the savior. Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and we thank you that your light is offered to all. Jesus, I thank you and praise you that you didn't come to start a new religion. You came to give us your life. And anyone can receive your life. Anyone can receive the newness that's in you. And so I pray for all of us that you would open our eyes, that we would see you for who you really are, and that we would trust you as Savior and and leader. And in that, you provide newness in us and you lead us to a new reality. You, You create something new in us and through us. And so teach us, we pray, and, and may we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.